911, what's your emergency? America's healthcare system is broken and people are dying. Welcome to Code Whack, where we shine a light on America's callous healthcare system, how it hurts us, and what we can do about it. I'm your host, Brenda Gazar. This time on Code Whack. COVID 19 cases are up again this winter, but government programs designed to help Americans get and stay healthy are winding down. The Families First Coronavirus Response Act, for example, has prevented millions of people from losing Medicaid coverage due to eligibility changes during the pandemic. But unless renewed, those federal protections are due to expire this year, in 2023. Some will still qualify for Medicaid, but will have to re-enroll. Others might qualify for different programs, but will have to apply. Either way, they'll face administrative hassles, changes in coverage, and potential differences in copays, coinsurance, and premiums. In other words, this is a surefire recipe for people falling through the cracks. Many states are developing plans to manage this massive and impending disruption to care. That's because when it comes to health insurance, any misunderstanding can lead to a healthcare disaster. We thought this was a perfect time to revisit the case of Danny DeNoyer, a 29-year-old man with Medicaid whose eligibility changed when he got a new job, a change that may have cost him his life. Scott DeNoyer of upstate New York says his son Danny was the comedian of their family. He was the one that was joking around so much it was annoying. People don't realize how much the joker of the family plays such an important role. You know, it's hard to have a birthday party now when there's nobody to roughhouse with all the little ones. You know, when they're, they're just sitting around doing nothing, that's what you think about. It's like Uncle Danny would have gotten them going, you know. But Danny is no longer with them. On April 9th, 2019, the young father of two took his own life after he was discontinued from his health insurance and stopped taking his medicine for mood disorders. That happened after he missed a $20 insurance premium that he didn't realize he owed, his father said. It was around mid-February uh, of 2019 that Danny had moved in with me. Um, he was having a couple of uh, problems, domestic issues with his girlfriend, which also was the mother of his child. When he came in, he had just felt, refilled his medication, which was risperidone, an atypical antipsychotic, which has a known suicidal risk from withdrawals. So after the first month, he comes home one day and he's like, Pops, I want to get my medicine refilled today. And I found out my insurance had been canceled. I'm like, okay, Danny, not a big deal. Now, the medication he was on was for mild psychosis. He didn't have suicidal thoughts. He had anger issues and the medication was working. His words to me in this kitchen that day was, Pops, I know I need this medicine. I mean, how much more clear can you get? So I told him like, Danny, okay, not a big deal. You know, how much is it? He tells me it's $250. It's a big deal because we don't have $250 lying around. Like, okay, Danny, well in two weeks, you have your therapist appointment and I'm sure she can help you out. Danny called Fidelis Care in early April of that year and was told he missed a $20 payment, his father said. He pulled out his credit card and paid it, saying he didn't realize he owed the premium. 
Apparently, his income bracket had recently changed, which changed his health insurance plan from regular Medicaid to managed Medicaid. He was told his plan would be reinstated in the next billing cycle, which was May 1st. But Danny, who was involved in a child custody battle and had grown increasingly despondent, never lived to see that day. About a week later, his father, Scott, was sitting at the kitchen table with his wife, Anna, and granddaughter at their home. That's when Scott saw a startling message his son had just posted on Facebook. Facebook post comes with the image of the cab of his truck overlooking the water. And I live five minutes from Saratoga Lake. I didn't know where he was posting from, so I had already assumed that this was Saratoga Lake because that's where we live. So his message reads, I just want everyone to know that I love them. I'm saying goodbye. This world wasn't meant for me. Maybe the next life will be better. I super glued my seatbelt, double checked, I don't have the strength to open it. And I choose death by drowning because I can't get above this pain. I'm sorry for hurting those who care. This is selfish, I'm sure, but I've been staring at the water for hours and I've made my decision. Daniel and Hazel, I'm so fucking sorry. I saw the picture of the water and I thought he was at the lake. I screamed to Anna, I've got to go. I've got to get down there and try to save him. I have a heart condition. It was April 9th. The water was probably about 40 degrees. If I had jumped in that water, I couldn't have saved him. What was I thinking? I raced around that lake like 65 miles per hour, looking for muddy, stirred up water. The worst part, at one point, I had to realize I couldn't save him. I'd failed. I have to turn around and drive home and let my wife know that he's gone. But Danny had gone to another place, the Mohawk River, where he often practiced twirling his bow staff when he was angry. Scott blames Danny's insurance company for his son's tragic death. What this company did is nothing short of legalized manslaughter for profits. The medication that they took from him, they knew had a known suicidal risk. They knew they were putting him at risk of doing this and they did it over $20 to somebody on managed Medicaid. Fidelis Care said in a statement to MTV News that they offer various payment options and reminders for their members. But health insurance coverage in the U.S. can change based on any number of reasons, including job changes, income changes, a move to a different area, and so on. As a result, members can experience unexpected changes in premiums, coverages, and out-of-pocket expenses. Fidelis claims that they sent him letters notifying that his plan had changed from straight Medicaid to managed Medicaid because he had acquired a job and that increased his income, so it changed his bracket. But the letters were going to his previous address, and with the legal issues, there was an order of protection, so he couldn't contact her. She couldn't send him his mail. You know, and this is nothing that's uncommon, especially for, you know, poor people. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's part of our lives. It's the way we live. It's the way it is. When Scott sent out an angry tweet about his son's story two days after his death, the tweet went viral. I only had like 35 followers. Within two weeks, it had been retweeted 37,000 times. Um, I had reached uh, Bernie's campaign and Warren Gunnell's uh, Rokana, God bless him, addressed the House of Representatives two weeks after we lost Danny. Um, 
telling them what happened. But the insurance company, Fidelis Care, after seeing the tweet go viral, I think it was in like 9,000 retweets, had responded on the viral thread. And their message to me was, good morning, Scott. At first, I thought they had apologized, but apparently that wasn't in the cards for them. Um, they said they'd be happy if I could direct message them my private information. They'd be happy to give me a call. So I kind of responded with, I don't want to talk to you. I don't ever want to talk to you. You killed my son. Soon, Scott began hearing stories of so many others who have suffered under our current healthcare system. I could tell you about Alan, you know, a young man, I believe he was in his early 20s, died because he was rationing insulin. The insulin is available for him, but he can't afford it. And now because of that vial that's $250 here in America, but $25 in Canada for the same exact vial, the same exact manufacturer, that boy is dead now. Scott said he also heard from a woman who had an autoimmune disease that her baby, Abby, was also born with. While the mother had health insurance coverage for her own condition, her baby did not. This was right before the Affordable Care Act, when her baby's condition was considered a pre-existing one. Abby ended up dying at the age of two, Scott said. Her mother felt so guilty that she received treatment for the disease, while her baby didn't, that she turned to heroin to cope. Poor people are often faced with a bad decision and a worse one. When we make the bad decision and not the worst one, everyone sees we made a bad decision. Nobody sees the worst one we didn't. Scott has worked with his local assemblyman to try to get a law passed to cover patients right after they pay to reinstate their health insurance. He also shared his story during a public hearing for the New York Health Act, which would create a single-payer Medicare for All system for all New Yorkers. The comprehensive coverage would include care for primary and specialists, preventive, hospital, mental health, dental, vision, and prescription drugs. It would cover every single medical necessary treatment that you need. Every person in New York would receive care at the point of service free as long as they're a New York resident. Scott believes that Danny would be alive today if the state or the county had a single-payer health care system in place at the time. The, our system says that you can get treatment and health care is a right as long as you can afford to pay for it. With Medicare for All, Bernie's bill, they put a, a $200 cap on prescription costs. Danny was able to pay his $20. Now, in Canada, the medication is $35 for the same exact prescription, 90 miles north of my house. But I, you know, you don't drive 90 miles to pick up a bottle of pills, you know? With Medicare for All, it would also, just like Canada, be able to allow America to negotiate with these pharmaceutical companies. And we'd have similar prices with our medications as well, on top of the 200 hour uh, cap for the pharmaceuticals. So after Danny paid his first 200 hours, he would have been able to continue to receive his medication without having to worry about whether he had it, the money or not. Scott was thrown for a loop when the U.S. presidential candidate Kamala Harris retweeted his son's story and then offered up a proposal that was far more modest than Medicare for all. Her plan was for corporate insurers to sell Medicare to all. In short, I'm saying that a corporate insurer killed my son by denying his medication. 
She's saying they should profit by selling Medicare to everybody. Her plan also had like a 10-year fade out of uh, corporate insurance, as if the ACA wasn't decimated in a couple of months under GOP rule. Oh, and her plan, I might also add, was to sell Medicare as is. You know, Bernie's bill S-1129 and um, Representative Jayapal's bill in the House, which is H.R. 1384, both expand Medicare to cover the loopholes so that we don't have an 80% coverage versus 100% coverage. It also gets rid of the co-pays and the out-of-networks and all these other expenses that escalate our health care. Hers does not. It leaves Medicare as is, which means you'd also have to buy the Medicare Advantage programs, which Medicare Advantage programs are the biggest people that deny claims over and over again. They're the worst. So her plan was to reward, not remove, my son's murderers. Scott noted that Centene, which acquired Fidelis Care in 2017 and is the biggest U.S. provider of managed Medicaid and Affordable Care Act plans, had done well financially during the pandemic. Revenues were up 53% in the third quarter to $29 billion. Meanwhile, Scott's doing his best to cope despite the recent setbacks. I'm not living my life. I'm living my son's death to save somebody else's son. I promise, Danny, I'll never quit. I didn't think we stood a prayer during this election. I knew I wouldn't be done fighting just because even if Bernie managed to win the primary, I knew it'd still be a long fight. I know I've got a long fight to go. I don't know if we'll ever see our victory. That's what I had to look forward to. It's not a fun life. But he knows that there's a million other reasons to keep fighting. I have more kids. All those stories that I've read of other parents, that every time I think I want to quit, I want to give up, somebody comes on my Twitter feed and tells me some horrible story, something that they didn't deserve. That's what keeps me going. Danny's story reveals how our health insurance system's fragmentation and complexity can destroy lives. Single-payer Medicare for All would guarantee everyone health insurance through all of life's changes. With his son's memory always in his heart, Scott continues to fight for single-payer Medicare for All in New York and in America. Find more Code Whack episodes on ProgressiveVoices.com and on the PV app. Catch all our episodes by subscribing to Code Whack wherever you find your podcasts. This podcast is powered by Heal California, uplifting the voices of those fighting for healthcare reform around the country. I'm Brenda Gazar.